Welcome to our DSM Hollywood podcast series. The following is an excerpt from Dr. Daniel Sherstad's weekly online Bible study for those in the entertainment industry, along with those who have a passion to see the kingdom of God revealed in Hollywood. For more information about DSM Hollywood, including upcoming events and how to join in on our Bible studies, please visit www.dsmhollywood.com. We're so glad you have tuned in, and we're grateful for the privilege to help you grow in your holy calling in Christ Jesus. Before you listen, I encourage you to grab your Bible and set your heart in expectancy to receive from the Lord, knowing that His heart is for you to grow in knowing Him and to grow in walking with Him. out here tonight uh, from uh, Proverbs 13, 12, uh, talking about how to move from deferred hopes to desires realized in our lives. And I'm going to share, before the the teachings over here tonight, eight Holy Spirit in-birthed persuasive truths that will keep you going as you move from deferred hopes to desires realized. And, uh, And even if you don't feel like there's any kind of deferred hope on the inside, maybe you you just man you're just riding the wave come on on top of the wave here tonight but uh um there might be others and uh you know we're all going through different seasons in our lives and and the bible tells us that we need to rejoice with those who rejoice and those who are struggling we need to be sensitive to that and so and if um i mean if everything's going real good you're just operating at all cylinders here tonight i want to just uh say that what i'm going to share here tonight will help you to keep on moving in the success that you're experiencing. So I know. Welcome, Troy Willoughby. God bless you, man, from Illinois. Thank you for joining us here tonight. And so uh, Proverbs 13, 12, just the wisdom of Solomon declares this. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when desire is fulfilled, it's like eating from the tree of life. And then it says in the Passion Translation, It says this, when hope's dreams seems to drag on and on, the delay can be depressing. But when at last your dream comes true, life's sweetness will satisfy your soul. And so um, it's so important. I'm going to continue to talk about our soul here tonight because how your soul is tied directly to seeing desires being fulfilled in our lives. And so, um, but I want to start with this thought here tonight. Tuesday night, we were at our corporate prayer meeting at, at the church here. And uh, man, what an incredible presence of God. Just the glory of God coming like an absolute, manifested, tangible, anointed, heavy presence of God. And while we were praying and interceding, um, I heard the Holy Spirit saying, I want to just share this with you tonight because I, I want to encourage you. I heard the Holy Spirit say that we have literally stepped into a season of release. That's what I heard of. This is a season, a prophetic season of release. And I'm not talking about if when I first heard that, the first thing that came to my mind was, um, well, you know, that uh, people that uh, people were going to begin to experience like different levels of release in their life. And then I heard the Holy Spirit say, no, he said, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that. I am releasing. I am. And then I saw in a vision. I saw multiple, like, um, like, for lack of better words, like just little, like invitations or whatever that said yes and amen on it, being released from the throne room of God, and God was releasing these answers. Come on now, these manifestations to these desires that you've been hoping for a long time to take place in your life. Welcome, Jill. Thank you for joining us on the broadcast here tonight. And so, again, a season, a prophetic word. The Lord spoke to me on Tuesday night in the prayer meeting. He said, tell my people that we have stepped into a season of supernatural release where I am releasing answers, manifestations to dreams, to desires that I've placed in their heart, to promises that I've made. We stepped into a season. And so if we're really honest with with, with ourselves and with the Lord, God is always answering prayer. Listen, the word, the word of God says that he answers before we even call. So our, the answers are all, already moving. But if we're really honest, I know that in my own personal journey that I have experienced seasons throughout my 35 years of ministry 
where it would seem to me, and maybe I'm wrong, but it would seem to me that there are particular seasons that I step into where answers, manifestations, uh, begin literally like favor is like poured out and it just keeps on coming and it keeps on coming and it's more intense during that season than in other seasons of my life. And so what I'm saying is, I'm telling you right now, I'm trying to get you to expect right now in the name of Jesus, I'm releasing this prophetic word that we have stepped into a season of where God, because of high favor that is flowing right now, that we are going, he is releasing manifestations, come on now, to dreams, prayers, and promises. Then I heard him say, he said, tell my people to begin to thank me, okay? Uh, there's all, there's a season for asking, and then when that season is over, you need to begin to thank God for what it is and stop asking him for something that he's already heard you ask for. And, uh, and so I heard the Holy Spirit say, listen now, you need to stop asking and start thanking him. Start thanking him. Come on now. Thanksgiving is the language of faith. When That's why Jesus said in Mark 11, he said, when you have the faith of God, whatsoever things that you desire when you pray, believe that you already have them, and then you will have them. Come on now. So here, when you begin to believe that it's already been done, you begin to thank God. You begin to praise him. Come on now. Like Jesus took those loaves, come on now, and those fishes, five loaves, two fishes, in the name of Jesus from that little boy. Come on, just like a, my dad would say, come on now, like a, like a happy meal from McDonald's. He took that from the boy. It says that he took that little meal and he lifted it up to the Lord and thanked God for blessing it. He didn't ask God. He didn't ask his father to bless it. He didn't ask father to multiply it. Come on now. Why? Because he knew that it was the will of God for it to happen. So we're not asking. When you, once you, when you know the will of God, that's why God gave us the covenant right here. Come on now. When God gave us the covenant, this tells us what his will is. And once you know what the will is, come on now, you can lift that God's will up to the Lord and begin to thank him. He said, I thank you, Father, for this little that's in my hand, that you're going to take it and multiply it supernaturally. And it says that he took those five loaves and those two fish, and it says that 5,000 men, plus women and children, most likely around 15,000 people, it says they ate until they were completely filled up. Come on now. And then there was 12 baskets left over. And that word basket in the Greek language is the word that's used in the book of Acts when it says that they lowered Saul down from a window in a basket. That's the same exact word. That word basket means that the basket was big enough to hold a full-grown man in. So when it says there were 12 baskets left over, I'm talking about Jesus said these are baskets that are big enough to hold men in. These are huge baskets, 12 of them left over. So God, come on now, what, did I, what have I been saying since the beginning of the year? God said that Ephesians 3, 2021 was for the year 2021, where he said, if you can perceive it, if you can believe it, according to the power of the faith that's on the inside of you, I will be able to do, come on now, exceedingly abundantly, far over and above all and infinitely beyond your wildest imaginations, prayers and dreams and prayer requests. Come on, is that 12 huge baskets left over? Come on, are you serving God of abundance? He does, he's not a God. Listen, God is a God called Jehovah Jireh. Come on now. Abundant provision. He's on El Shaddai, the God that's more than enough. His name is not El Chipo. Come on now. El Shaddai. Come on, somebody. More than enough. A God of supernatural abundance. So that's the prophetic word that God spoke to me Tuesday night. I'm releasing that over you. And what my heart is through this practical teaching here is to help us to become whole and strong in our soul so that we can see that prophetic word realized in our lives. So again, let me just say this now, that when we are going through long, protracted, seasons of obedience in the same direction let me say that again there are times in our lives when we have to we have to go through 
what I'm referring to is a long protracted season of obedience to the Lord in the same direction, which means it's all about one going in this direction, about one thing that God's called you to do. He says, and you don't see a whole lot of breakthroughs during that season. It has the potential, um, Solomon saying, to make your heart or your soul sick. Come on now. Once your soul or your heart becomes sick, your heart becomes numb to the word of God, to the rhema word of God that carries the faith of God. Come on now. That you need to see that move it, mountain move in your life. Let me say that again. When you're going through a long, protracted season of obedience in the same direction, and without seeing a lot of breakthroughs, it can it has the potential. Come on now. When 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 Solomon is declaring here in Proverbs 13, 20, that hope deferred makes the heart sick, he's looking at an overview of, of humankind kind of thing. He's not saying that it's a done deal. He's not saying that. And the sons and daughters of God have to allow their heart to get sick when hopes are being deferred. He's saying the possibility is there, but in God, come on now, we can move in such a way, especially as we practice these things that I'm going to talk about here tonight, and it will give us the grace and the empowerment to make sure that our soul and our heart doesn't get sick so that our heart does not become numb to the word of God, come on now, that comes. Listen, you cannot make faith. Faith comes. You cannot make faith happen. Faith must come, and it comes by hearing a word, a rhema word from Christ himself by the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And so, but if your heart is numb to his word, the faith, come on now, and so it will not be there. And you'll be, you'll get to a place where you think that this season that I'm calling a long protracted season of obedience in the same direction without seeing any kind of breakthroughs, what happens is when our heart becomes sick, we now believe that that season is a sentence. It's like a prison sentence. And so we think, but I want to say a season is not a sentence. Let me say it again. It's a season, come on now, not a sentence. And so we must begin to, uh, we must have, have the same kind of spirit. And I want to use the life of uh, Joseph here tonight. You know, Joseph, come on, was a dreamer. Listen, now, there's something absolutely powerful about a dream that God gives to his dream, sons and daughters. So Joseph is a dreamer with a dreamer, a dream on the inside. And it says that he was thrown, his brothers, come on now, threw him into a pit. And so there's this opportunity. Come on now, what are you going to do? Why, do? why do we, do people throw us into pits? Why uh, do to the, of course, there's all this spiritual warfare that goes on, but there's people that the enemy is working through. And you're going to be, just like Joseph and his brothers, you're going to come into contact. If you I got a dream on the inside of you that the Lord has dropped on the inside of you, you're going to come in contact with people, come on now, that are living miserable lives. They don't have to live miserable lives, but they're living miserable lives because they live a life that's involved in competition. They live a life of comparison. They live a life that's involved in shame and blame. Come on now. And misery loves company. And so they want to do everything they can to literally get you to become live a life of misery uh, like they are living. Because they, they because if you have the guts, come on now, and the spirit of faith rising up, that you are going to literally see and move out of the place that you're in. You're going to see that dream, and you are seeing that dream begin to manifest. And you know, I'm telling you right now, you can go ahead and bank on it. There will be people in your life that will rise up and say, I remember when I was young, I was about 24 years old, and I planted my first church in, in uh, New Jersey. And, uh, and uh, I had the blessing of my dad who was pastoring the church. And my it was actually my dad came up with the idea. My dad's on the line. And uh, my dad's been preaching, teaching, pastoring for like 60 years. And uh, and so he's on the call here tonight. Um, powerful man of God. And I would just remember uh, that uh, I was going to plant this church here. And uh, I was in the church parking lot there. And I was, uh, I had like a yellow Dodge Omni. This is back in 1986, okay? And uh, many, many moons ago. And uh, and so I'm sitting on the ground in the back of my yellow Dodge Omni, right, kind of thing. And I'm putting, I had some personalized license plates that I was going to put on the back one that said ALCC, which standed for Abundant Life Christian Center. 
and that was going to be the name of the church that we were going to plant there. And so I'm screwing the license plate into the back of the car, and there was three men, three men that came out of the church, three grown men. They were like, I don't know, they were in their 30s, and their 40s kind of thing. And uh, they said, what are you doing? And they said, well, I, I said, uh, uh, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm putting on these new specialized license plates. And they said, well, what does that ALCC stand for? And uh, they said, uh, I said, well, it starts for abundant. It stands for Abundant Life Christian Center. And they said, what's that? And I said, that's the, that's the church that I'm going to plant in, the, in Randolph, New Jersey. And they literally started laughing out loud, all, all three of them laughing. I mean, literally belly laughing. Really right there in the church parking lot, in the churchyard, that kind of thing. And they looked at me and they said, man, you're never going to do that. Come on now. what man, You are, man, you really are a dreamer. Come on now. That's never going to happen. Come on now. And so I'm telling you, I've experienced that over and over and over. Man, as soon as you start talking about the dream that God put in your heart, over the last 35 years, I've had all kinds of people laugh in my face saying that I am crazy. Oh, my God. Especially I came out here, dear Lord. Man, they said, man, you really have lost it now, Dan. Come on now. Going to California? Man, who, who in the world would want to do something like that? That really can't be of the Lord. And also, I've, I, you know, but listen, I got a dream in my heart, and God has brought people around me uh, here at DSM. Like, I got a team of absolutely gifted, talented people. And you know what? The dream, come on now, is happening. And it's taking place because I refuse to give up on the dream, even though people came at me and tried to throw me into the pit. You know what they want? You know why they want to throw you in the pit? Because they want to silence your voice. Because if your voice is silenced, you have no opportunity to speak, come on now, into the conversation of their lives. And so when you begin to talk about they want to be, they don't want to be provoked, come on, to get out of their miserable life. Come on now. They want to stay in their miserable life and they want you to stay there with them. And so they don't they want to remove the voice that will speak in the conversation, come on now, towards their misery. And, and so they don't want to make, so they will do everything they can to throw you in the pit to silence your voice. The enemy loves to kill the dreamer and the, that carries the dream that God has put on the inside of them. But you know what Joseph did? He refused to allow, no matter if it was in the pit, and then he's like a slave, a servant in Potiphar's house, and then he's falsely accused of raping his wife, and then he ends up in prison. And he goes through this process of, I don't know, 12, 13 years of all of negative things coming at, after him. And in Psalm 105, verse 18 and verse 19, it says, His feet, Joseph's feet, were bruised by strong shackles, and his soul was held by iron. God's promise to Joseph purged his character until it was time for his dreams to come true. Come on now. So that's the purpose of the process going on right there. It says that... That And it says in the Amplified Bible, his feet, they hurt with fetters. He was laid in chains of iron until the soul, his soul entered into the iron or until the iron entered into his soul. Oh, my God. Until his soul became so strong, his mind, his will, his emotions. Come on. Now, everything tied, his whole temperament was tied, was literally strong as iron. By virtue of everything that he had to endure, his soul became as strong as iron. So on the day, come on now, when he got called into Pharaoh's courtroom and ended up being the second most powerful man in the, in the nation called Egypt, which was the most powerful Egypt on the planet. So that makes Joseph the second most powerful man on the planet called Earth. Come on now. Because he refused to give up on a dream, and in the midst of everything coming against him, people, all the spiritual warfare, in the end, he said, listen, the enemy meant it for evil, but God has meant it for good. And God has meant everything that's happened in my life so that I could stand here today and so that many lives could be saved. And so there's something about a child of God who dreams God's dreams, come on now, that totally ticks off the devil and the forces of darkness right there. And so we got to, as it, come on now, hear the words of Jesus from Matthew chapter 16, when he said, I'm going to build my church, I'm going to build my ecclesia. And remember now, that word ecclesia in the Greek language literally is translated in the Greek culture, a governmental legislative assembly. Mm -hmm. A governmental legislative assembly. He said, I'm going to build my own personal governmental legislative assembly in the earth. 
that will literally carry the, the authority of the kingdom of heaven and literally carry out my governmental um, orders in the earth and see my kingdom come to the earth. That's why he went on in the next phrase and says, mm, when I build, come on now, this governmental legislative assembly, I'm giving them the keys of authority to the kingdom. So therefore, when this governmental legislative assembly called the ecclesia that I am building, I'm building it upon the revelation of who I am as the Christ and upon the revelation of who you are inside of Christ, he says, that's what I'm building. And when you begin to understand who you really are and then understand that he's given you the keys of authority, and he says with that governmental legislative assembly, um, he says you can't, he says literally bind and loose or lock and unlock. Come on now, as a governmental legislative assembly in the kingdom of God here on the earth. Okay, so he says whatever you lock up must be already locked up in heaven. So you got to be able to be led by the Holy Spirit to do this. You can't just go lock and unlock anything. And then whatever you unlock in the earth realm must be that which is already unlocked in the spirit realm. Because it's the spirit realm that determines what happens in the natural realm. And he says, I'm not going, I, I have literally delegated this kind of authority to something I am building in the church, in, in the earth realm, called a governmental legislative assembly. So it is our responsibility to do that. And so, and then he said, the gates of hell will not be able to stand up against this governmental legislative assembly that carries my authority. And uh, <clears throat> there was a man by the name of, he's passed away now, but his name was T. Austin Sparks. Man had an incredible prophetic anointing and uh, ministry about him. One is, Other theologians said that he was, um, maybe one of the most profound prophetic voices in the 21st century. And he said that the, 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 the gates of hell literally are the councils of death. And that word councils that I'm using is not the, the word for like, go, you're going to go and receive some marriage counseling. It's like the, like the United Nations Security Council, where a group of men get together and they decide what's going to take place. He's saying that the gates of hell literally are the councils of death where they literally strategically come up with one plan after another plan after another plan against you and against the church to kill your dream and to kill the dream of God the Father that's on the inside of you. And so he said the councils of death, come on now, with all of their strategic plans that they're rolling out cannot stand up against the legislative assembly that God is building that carries God's governmental authority to lock and unlock that council of death with all of their strategic plans cannot stand up against, come on now, my church, my ecclesia. That's you that I'm talking about here tonight. That's the kind of power. So you say, well, I don't understand why this is happening in my life. Well, listen now, as I said a couple of weeks ago, the devil is a bully. Come on now, and he is not going to just walk away. you got to stand up to him. you got to realize who you are and realize that Jesus has given you the authority. He's like, he's waiting for you to stand up and take the authority and dominion that you have and literally tell, come on now, these hordes of demons that have come to kill them still and destroy your dream of the inside to destroy the, the, the call of God upon your life. Because we must always remember the promises of God must be obtained, not simply received. Come on now. Remember, the kingdom of God is suffering a violent attack. And those that want to, come on, the enemy is trying to rob, come on, that which God has already given to his church. But we, as the church, stand up and we stand against that, come on now, with a strong spirit, spiritual, violent faith on the inside of us. Come on now. And we just don't simply stand back and say, well, I just received the promises. No, you have got to, come on now, literally take, because every believer, listen now, listen now, every believer has a spear and a measure, 
come on now, of influence in your life. Oh, come on now. Let me let me read this. Watch this now. Watch. Second Corinthians 10, 13 says this. We, on the other hand, will not boast beyond our legitimate province and proper limits, but we will keep within the limits which God has allowed us as it relates to the measuring line on which, come on now, and which reaches and includes even you. So the Apostle Paul says, I've been giving a spear of and a measure of power and influence. And I, and then he goes on to say that that sphere of influence and measure can be increased by faith. But he says, I've been given this sphere. Every one of us got a sphere. Come on now. Uh, let me say, you can't see this, but I got a little like a round a table here in front of me right here. And let's say that this round table here represents the sphere of, of your and measure. Come on now, of your of your dream, of your promise, of your authority, of the call of God upon your life. Let me say that again, that this circle right here represents, right now, it represents the sphere and measure of your dream. It represents the sphere and measure of the promise of God. It represents the sphere and measure of the authority that God's graced you by his grace. It represents the sphere and measure, and it relates to the call of God upon your life. Okay, now within that sphere or measure, there are going to be all kinds of enemies, come on now, that you've got to drive out. When God gave the, the, the Israelites the promised land, they just couldn't stand there and say, well, we received the promised land. They had to literally go and obtain the promised land because within the sphere, within each and every one of us, our spheres and measures of influence and dreams, there are enemies that need to be driven out. Come on now. There are, come on now, there are all kinds of Hittites, Jebusites, Canaanites, termites, come on, mosquito bites, Brooklynites, come on now, giants, come on now, all of them need to be driven out. That's why I'm telling you, you just don't sit back and say, well, I received the promise. No, you got to step into this thing and you got to obtain the promise and drive out every enemy within your sphere and measure Come on, that God has graced you with and drive them out because they are trying to take that which already has been given unto you. Somebody say amen. Now, as we move in that, there is always a, an appointed time for your particular personal breakthrough. Let me say that there's always an appointed time for your breakthrough. So until we're moving in this long, come on, season, protracted season of obedience in the same direction, and it seems like I don't know, man. Man, I, I mean, I don't know. Where's the breakthrough? How come? How come nothing's happening? Kind of thing. Well, while you're in that season, now I'm going to give you eight Holy Spirit truths, eight things that the Holy Spirit wants to do on the inside of us to help us to keep moving. These are. Remember, I said last week that the I'm referring to biblical hope as the is the in-birth persuasion of the Holy Spirit. Let me say that again. The indwelling third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, he literally in-breathes, which causes an in-birthing of a persuasion. And when you take that in-birth persuasion and you lock in, come on now, expectation to it, it creates faith on the inside of you. And so the Holy Spirit in this process, these truths are for the purpose of constantly creating this in-birth persuasive hope. Come on now. Because if you can develop, come on now, God's not called you to simply, come on now, survive, but to thrive. But to do that, you're going to have to develop not just simply simple coping skills, but hoping skills. That will create a, come on now, a um, a resilient spirit on the inside of you, a flexible spirit on the inside of you, so that you can bounce back. The more resilient and flexible you are, come on now, like a rubber band, come on, the more it can be able to be stretched, the more you can bounce back. Come on now, and bounce beyond. I'm going to get to that in a minute. But here's number one. If you... I think they're going to put this in the notes, uh, those on Facebook. Um, I gave these to, to Kelly. She's actually going to put, uh, she's going to put it on the website there. 
uh, so you can go get all these notes that I'm talking about, everything that I'm saying here tonight. Number one, the Holy Spirit always is always working to shift your attention in seasons of hope deferred from what isn't working to what God has promised. Let me say that again. Number one, the Holy Spirit is always working to shift your attention in seasons of hope deferred from what isn't working to what God has promised. So that's why we got to spend time in prayer. We got to allow, spend time in the word and become, allow our Holy, our spirit, this one with the Holy Spirit to be sensitive to the nudges. Come on now. The Holy Spirit will do, sometimes he does dramatic, dynamic things, but sometimes he just does in the words, we're walking through the process, these little nudges on the inside of us. And come on now, we have to cooperate. Come on now. We have to mm, cooperate with the Holy Spirit um, because it's those promises. Remember I, two weeks ago, I talked about this. If you didn't, if you didn't work, work listening to the, to the broadcast, you can go get the podcast and listen to it again. But I talked about how the promises of God are directly linked to us being partakers of the divine nature of God where he says everything that you're ever going to need in this life and in godliness, he says, is already past tense, been given unto you. And come on now, I give you the prom my promises because you can't get into your future without a promise. And you can't, come on, get into your future without obtaining the promise in your life. And once you obtain the promise of God in your life, the very divine nature of God is imparted to you. And by virtue of that, God gets glory in the earth. And so promises being fulfilled are so important. But the enemy loves life itself, circumstances, love to get us to focus on, on what's not working in our lives. Okay. All right. That's okay. I'm not talking. Don't let that condemn you. Don't let that discourage you. Don't fall under condemnation because, well, man, I don't know, man. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I don't, I don't understand why this is not working. Okay. So it's not working. That's okay. Now, let's move our focus over this way. Let's let the Holy Spirit nudge our focus. Come on now. So that we're focused on the promises of God. So we can go after the promises of God. You remember in the Bible when Jesus was in the house. Luke chapter 5 says this. that Jesus was in the house. I don't know if it was his house or Peter's house. But it says that the power of God was present to heal everybody. Mm, yeah, right there. The presence of the power of God was present to heal everybody, but there was only one person that got healed that day. It says that in the house, there was all kinds of Pharisees, Sadducees, religious leaders, disciples, everything. The house was packed. There was people surrounding the house. And then there were four friends who dragged their paralyzed friend, come on now, to the house where Jesus was, and they found out that the door was locked. Come on now. They couldn't even get near the door. But you notice what they didn't say. They didn't say, oh, my goodness. Well, if it was the Lord's will for our friend to be healed from being paralyzed, well, the door would be open. There would be an open door. There would be a way for us to get in. Obviously, it is not the will of God for our friend to be healed and delivered because the door is shut. Notice they didn't say any kind of goofy stuff like that. They said, oh, my God, the windows are shut. The doors are shut. My God, come on, we're going to either kick down the door or we're going to draw. We're going to climb up to the roof. We're going to drag our paralyzed friend to the roof and we're going to rip the roof off. Come on now and lower him down into the presence of Jesus. And the Bible records that as Jesus saw their faith, come on, whose faith? The faith of this man's friends. How did they see it? They saw it because they took a risk. They didn't know whose house that was. Come on, they didn't know, man, if you're going to rip somebody's roof off, my God, there could be all kinds of negative repercussions. There could be lawsuits coming your way. Come on now. And uh, But they said, we don't care what the negative repercussions are. We're going to take a risk because faith always involves some kind of risk. If there's no risk, there's no faith. They ripped the roof off and we're going to get to Jesus. And come on now. And so they lowered him down. Come on now. Because they refused. To, come on now. To focus on what wasn't working. Our paralyzed friend. Man, don't look like there's no hope there. Oh my God. We can't get to Jesus. There's too many people in front of us. The doors are shut. Oh, there's no hope there. It looks like, man, there's no way to see this take place in our life. They said, no, 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 no. We, we know what the covenant of God says. We know that he is Jehovah Rapha. We know that in the covenant, come on now, 
is divine healing and that we have literally heard Jesus said that it is my will for my father which that I've come to display if you see me you seen the father and Jesus went about healing and he healed everybody that came to him come on now and uh, and so they saw that they heard that and they said all we need to do is get to Jesus and we know he's going to be healed and when they did that Man, the miraculous took place. Not only was he healed, but all of his sins were forgiven. Come on now. And there was, come on, there was people there, there saying, man, who do you think you are, Jesus? Who do these people think they are? And there were dream killers in the room. Come on now. Spirits working, spiritual warfare coming against them. All kinds of spirits. That's why we got to put on the whole armor of God. Come on now. Put on the hope, the helmet of salvation. The Bible says that's called the helmet of hope. Come on now. Put on that breastplate of righteousness. Come on. Put the, the belt of truth on. Come on. Shod your feet with the peace of God that enables you to literally stand strong in the midst of everything that's going on. Taking up the shield of faith that quenches all the fiery darts of the enemy right there. And literally, come on now, you can be able to do that uh, as you literally stand there and then begin to pray with all kinds of prayer in warfare, warfare uh, and literally war for that promise to take place. That's what he told, remember, remember I told you, Apostle, the Apostle Paul told Timothy, he said, listen, Timothy, um, this is your responsibility. You need to take those prophetic words I spoke over your life when you were ordained into the ministry, and you need to take them and use them like a weapon to encourage yourself, he said, and then keep on saying them and use them to do spiritual warfare uh, by faith until you see the manifestation of those. Just don't sit back and just let, just, well, if the Lord wants it to happen, it's going to happen. No. It doesn't work that way. Because if you don't go with some real faith and go to obtain the, the manifestation of that promise, come on now, through spiritual warfare, standing on the ground and keep on standing. Come on now. Not giving up, letting up. Come on, backing up or shutting up. Come on, by just standing in the finished work of Calvary, knowing that the covenant, come on, that God said, Jesus said, it is done. It is finished. So number one, the Holy Spirit is always working to shift your attention in seasons of hope deferred from what's not working to what God has promised, come on now, as it relates to his dream for your life. Number two, the Holy Spirit will always teach you to focus in on his strength in you. Number two, the Holy Spirit will always teach you to focus in on his strength in you. Yes, all of us have weaknesses, come on now. Um, we need to acknowledge those weaknesses. We don't go around saying, oh, my God, I don't, man, I don't got no weaknesses in my life. No, that's lying. But what we don't, once you acknowledge, hey, this is a weakness in my life, what you do now is you allow the Holy Spirit to literally, again, move your focus to his strengths on the inside of you. Hmm. I love the verse when the Apostle Paul says, he says, listen, I want you to remember that, that you remember now that God does not, go and around calling all of the absolute brilliant rich wealthy kings and you have to be in that kind of class for god to use you he said most of the time god is taking those that are weak come on now uh that the world considers weak and using them to bring glory to his name and here's the fascinating thing about that word weak it said the word Greek word is morano, which we get our English word moron from. So if you translate it properly from the Greek language into the English language, it says God most of the time uses people that the world considers morons to establish his kingdom in the earth realm. Now, what is a moron? And I'm not trying to be mean or anything I'm talking about. Because I'm not talking about parents, you know, I hear parents all the time, well, my kids are morons. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a, the medical definition of what a moron really is. And what that is, is it's a person, and it really illustrates why God used that word in the original language. A true medically described moron from a doctor is somebody who does not have the ability to do anything for themselves. They don't know when to get up. They don't know when to go to bed. They don't know how to dress themselves. They don't know how to feed themselves. They can't tie their shoes. They are totally and utterly dependent upon somebody else to help them through life. And so God intentionally uses that word, morano, to describe 
I'm looking for people, sons and daughters, who will literally come to the place where they realize that I am utterly attracted to their weaknesses. Why? Because in their weakness, my strength can be perfected. But you need to learn to literally realize I need, I need people that understand that without me, they can do nothing and that they are totally and utterly dependent upon the power of my grace, my empowering grace that comes from the Holy Spirit. And without that, you cannot do anything that will last for eternity. Come on now. Somebody say amen. Number three, the Holy Spirit will breathe into you the power of to bounce back from your setback. Let me read. Now watch this one. The apostle Paul said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 13. He says, we are all like common clay jars that carry this religious treasure within, this glorious treasure within, so that this immeasurable power will be seen as God's, not ours. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times, we don't know what to do. But quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but we're not knocked out. Come on now. We are continually shared in the death of Jesus in our own bodies so that the resurrection life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. We consider living to mean that we are constantly being handed over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. So, then, death is at work in us, but it releases life in you. We have the same spirit of faith that is described in the scripture when it says, first we believed, then we spoke the word of faith. So, we also, like David, because he's quoting David there, He's saying that we also, we believe the word of God and we speak words of faith. Come on. We call those things that do not exist right now and we talk about them as if they do exist. Come on now. Why? Because faith is on the inside of us. Come on now. The word of the Lord. Come on. Faith comes. Let me say it one more time. Faith comes by hearing a rhema word from Christ. Where's Christ? Come on, Paul says he's not down below the earth where somebody's going to call him up. He's not up way up in the heavens where somebody's going to call him down. He says he's near you. He's close to you. He's on the inside of you. Oh, my God. And he said he's so close. He's on the inside of you. So that word of faith coming that comes from Christ is literally coming from the inside of you. And it's right on your mouth. Come on now. As you allow it to come right out of your mouth. The apostle Paul says, so even though we're beat down, we're struck down, come on now, we're not giving up, come on now, we're not striking out, come on now, we might have two strikes against us, but man, we're going to stand strong at the plate, come on now, and man, let the devil bring the best fast pitch he's got, but this time, man, we're going to knock it out of the park, come on, we're going to hit a home run for the Lord Jesus Christ, because we are not looking at things that are temporal, because he says, those temporal things are subject to change, and they are changing for the better in my life. Therefore, we keep our eyes on the eternal, which is the word of God. And when we do that, <laughs> whoo, come on now. The Holy Spirit is able to breathe into us the power to bounce back from every setback in our lives. Somebody say amen. Number four, the Holy Spirit will always teach you how to compensate for your vulnerabilities. The Holy Spirit will always teach you how to compensate for your vulnerabilities. Again, as I said, none of us are going to be perfect this side of heaven. Come on now. So we're all, we're all going to have vulnerabilities until we see Jesus face to face, right? But the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, he says, As we wait upon the Lord, and that Hebrew word for wait is literally to intertwine or to braid. Let me say that again. The word wait in the Hebrew language means to intertwine or to braid something. Uh, maybe some of you, maybe most likely many of you have seen maybe a mom braid the, their daughter's hair. And what they do is they take a central strand of hair and then they begin to take two other strands of hair. And then they begin to wrap it around one way, then the other way. And it, what it does is it makes that 
that braid super strong that way. That's why the Bible says a three-stranded cord is not easily broken. So what the God, what God is saying is, as you wait upon the Lord, now watch this, watch this. I will cause you, I'm going to take the power of my father and the power of Jesus, and I am going to wrap it around your vulnerabilities through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me say that again. Oh, my God. Okay, so he takes your vulnerabilities right there, and that's the central strand right there. Come on now. As you wait upon the Lord, come on now, there's a renewing. That renewing in the Hebrew language means, Hebrew language means supernatural exchange. He said, I want to exchange. There's going to, there's going to be a supernatural exchange that takes place when you wait upon the Lord. I'm going to take your vulnerabilities, and I'm going to take the strength of my Father, and I'm going to wrap it around this way. Then I'm going to take the strength of Jesus, come on, the path, and I'm going to wrap it around. It. And it's all done, come on now, by the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us as we wait, come on now, in his presence. So therefore, now your vulnerability, come on now, becomes a three-stranded cord that cannot be broken. Come on now, in the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit will teach you how to compensate for your vulnerabilities. Number five, the Holy Spirit will enhance your life, not fix your life. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit will enhance your life, not simply fix your life. We're living in the day where, come on, in our culture now, where we become so aware of all of our pathologies and all of our disorders. Come on now. We got, man, you can, when, no matter what you're feeling, no matter what you're thinking, you can go online and put that in there, and they got some title for it. They got some name for it now. They got some disorder for it. Come on now. They got some pathology for it kind of thing. So we got all of that, and they said, well, you know, and they want to fix you. But there is a huge difference, now listen to me carefully, between getting fixed and being healed, come on now, by the power of the Lord. God doesn't want to just simply fix you. He wants to heal you and deliver you and save you. Come on now. And most of the time when people come around in your life and they want to fix you, what they're trying to do is they want to, come on now, they want to make themselves happy, come on now, by fixing you and to make you in or cause you to become what they want you to become so that you can bring pleasure to them. Come on now. But when God, let me say that again. Here's what people is, man, I want to help fix you. Come on now. What they're really saying is, and I've seen this over and over and over, is that they want to fix you in their image. Mm -hmm. They want to fix you in such a way that you can bring pleasure to what they want to see come out of your life. Come on now. And so that you can do, you're not called to, to live and to serve somebody's vision of what you're supposed to be. But God says, I want to heal you in such a way that you start operating as an image bearer. Come on now, as, as sons and daughters that bear the image of Jesus Christ, the, mm, the Lord. And so as an image bearer, come on, in the law of image bearing, is a kingdom law called the law of image bearing. As we literally, as we become healed in our spirit, soul, and body, we literally come to a place, come on, progressively through this journey with the Lord Jesus Christ, where we literally bear the image of Jesus Christ more and more as it relates to what God's called you to do within that context, not what somebody else wants you to do and become to make them happy. Come on now, so that you can serve them and their image of who you they think you should be. So, man, if, if you're in a situation, let me just say that. I just feel like I need to stop for a moment. If you're in that kind of circumstance, you Ah, man, you need to do, ask the Holy Spirit to set you free because there's going to be no true joy or peace. You're always going to be living under, come on now, that, that influence of that kind of spirit that's working through that person. It's a controlling spirit. It's an intimidating spirit. It's a manipulating spirit that says, I want to fix you so that you can serve me the way I want you to serve me. Come on now. And uh, yeah, that is not what the Lord is after. So when we're doing that, that's why our soul needs to prosper. Our soul needs to be healed. When that happens, confidence is restored, and we don't want to cast away our confidence because as we do that, we can see the promises of God take place in our life. Number six, the Holy Spirit will teach you how to focus on declaring 
and decreeing in the now that you expect things to be exactly the way God has promised. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit, come on now, will teach you how to focus on declaring and decreeing in the now. That, come on, what you expect, that you expect things to be exactly the way God has promised it to be. If God has given you a promise, and he has, let me just say, what has God promised you? Come on now, write it down. Come on now, get the journal. Get my Isha's prophetic journal for dreams and visions. You can go to the website, DSM Hollywood, and get that journal. Write it down. Well, I don't know. I don't know, Pastor Dan, what uh, God's promised me. I can't really remember. Come on. I don't remember exactly the dream or the vision. And I just kind of, well, over the years, I've kind of forgotten. Everything's coming again. Write it down. Come on now. Get that journal. Yeah, come on. Now. What? Because the enemy wants you. You need to know that. And then you need to begin to de start decreeing prophetically and declaring Come on now, exactly what God has promised he said he would do for your life. Because death and life is in the power or the hand of your tongue. Your tongue is the hand that reaches into the realm of the spirit and grabs a hold of the promise and pulls it into the now. It's so important that you begin to understand that your tongue is like the helm of a ship. Come on now, that literally determines the direction that your life is going to go. God says, if I can control your words, I can control the direction of your life. Let me say that again. If I can get a hold of your tongue, if I can get a hold and get you to stop saying words out of your tongue, come on now, because out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is speaking. So again, this is all about bringing your soul into a place of wholeness and healing because you, you, it, it, you cannot, your, your words won't change until your soul changes because your words are coming out of it. So if your heart is sick, your words are going to be sick. If your heart is whole, the words are going to be whole and healthy. Come on now. So it's so important that we allow the Holy Spirit to work in these different eight ways in our lives. And so it's so important we begin to do that. Let it begin to flow out of your life. Number seven, the Holy Spirit will focus you on how to be hoped filled. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit will focus you on how to be hoped filled. The Bible says it's the God of hope and the God of peace. That will soon crush Satan under your feet. Come on, he's already crushed under Jesus' feet. But we as the body of Christ or the governmental legislative assembly that the gates of hell or the councils of death cannot stand up against. Come on now. We have to see them crush under our feet. And how do you do that? By putting that helmet of hope on. Come on now. Allowing the Holy Spirit to change your focus from fear. Come on, to anxiety, to hope-filled promises on our life it's so important that we begin to understand that number eight and this is what we're going to end with here tonight the holy spirit will teach you how to focus on your comeback every time you have a setback let me say that again number eight the holy spirit is going to teach you how to focus on your comeback every time you have a setback all of us have setbacks in our lives the question is are we going to bounce back and so it's so important. That's why we got to develop these hoping skills that create a resilient and flexible spirit. Again, let me say it again. Developing hoping skills creates a resilient, flexible spirit so that in the midst of it, come on now, we can be stretched. Listen, the longer, watch now, now the longer that you're in a, a long season of obedience in the same direction and you're not allowing your heart to become sick. What happens is, every, come on, you, you, you're holding on to your hope. Like Abraham said, when, the hope, when there was no hope in the natural, he still kept on hoping. He had developed such strong hoping skills. It kept, come on, his faith of lie, his, his, alive, and he gave glory to God by seeing the promise manifest in his life. And so the Holy Spirit will teach you how to focus on your comeback. Now, what, why, why? Because, listen, he's going to show you what your comeback looks like. Somebody, I'm, I'm, I'm even declaring right now in the name of Jesus, come on now, that if you'll take time to even wait upon the Lord this week, the Holy Spirit will give you a fresh vision of what your comeback is going to look like. And you can, then he's going to literally keep on nudging you to keep your focus. Where your focus is, is where you're going. That's why, come on now, the rear view mirror in your car is this big and the windshield Come on out. Is that big? Why? Because you're supposed to be focusing on where you're going in the future, not looking 
in the past. Come on now, through the back window kind of thing. If you keep on looking through the past, you're going to end up in a ditch or in a pit, and your voice is going to be silenced. But man, as you literally focus, that's why Hebrews 12, come on now, 2 and 3 says, listen, do not allow your focus to be taken off of Jesus. Do not allow your focus to be distracted from the right or to the left. Keep your focus on Jesus, who is the author, who started this thing in your life, and the finisher, the one who's going to finish this thing in your life. And so let me encourage you, the longer, come on now, when you're in that process, you're being stretched like a rubber band back, that means the greater your comeback is going to be. Come on now, because, man, you're going to be like catapulted. Come on now. And you're going to have that resilient, flexible soul and spirit is going to be catapulted so that you're going to literally call from it from that setback you're going to come back and then you're going to bounce beyond come on now where you were that's the way god always works he always works whenever there's a setback if you allow your eyes to stay focused on jesus the comeback the bounce back is always greater come on and beyond where you were originally when you had that setback. That's the way God always works in our lives. So let me say that again. The Holy Spirit will teach you how to focus on your comeback every time you have a setback. Come on, bouncing back and bouncing beyond. Come on now, <clears throat> whatever, wherever you may be right now. So developing those skills, that's what these eight things will do for the Holy Spirit. So I'm praying here tonight, may the Holy Spirit, come on now, have the opportunity to confirm and to establish these eight spiritual kingdom principles that the Holy Spirit works by and works in our lives so that we can not just simply bounce back but bounce beyond our wildest imaginations. Again, we must cooperate with the Holy Spirit. We must cooperate. The Holy Spirit's not doing it by himself, and you certainly can't do it by yourself. But as the Holy Spirit begins to nudge you, as he begins to shift your focus in these eight different areas and you yield to him, what happens is you have to. Why? Because you have to work out what the Holy Spirit is working in. But he can't work out. Come on now. That's done with great respect, honor, and reverence in submitting to the leading guiding and directing and nudges of the holy spirit if you if you lost to the fear of the lord he said it's through fear and reverence that we are able through the power of the holy spirit he will create in you the good works that you're supposed to do or the dream and then he said i'm going to create in you the power to do it and then i'm going to create in you the desire to do it but i need you to yield to me and allow me to work out so people can see it and you can experience it, which already been worked in you by the Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you that it's alive, it's powerful, and it's life-changing. I'm asking your Holy Spirit right now in the name of Jesus that every person on the on our, our Google Meet call here, Lord God, Father, every person, Lord God, that, that's watching, Lord God, Father, uh, on, uh, on Facebook Live here, every person that's listening to the podcast, Lord God, Father, whatever... It may be, whether it's right now or, Lord God, if they're listening from a week from now, I'm asking your Holy Spirit right now. Thank you. Just, just open up your heart. Open up your mind. I feel an absolute supernatural importation of strength, power. I literally can feel the power of the Holy Spirit moving now through my physical body. There is an absolute import. Just lift your hands to the Lord if you can. Just lift your hands to the Lord right now. You're going to feel the manifest, tangible, anointed presence of the Holy Spirit arise within you and surround you now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Fresh hope is coming to you now. In the name of Jesus. Come on now. Deferred hopes, come on, is coming alive on the inside of you. Dreams, come on now, that have been deferred, that seem like it's never going to happen, are beginning to happen in the name of Jesus. Let me remind you, those that weren't watching at the very beginning, the Lord gave me a prophetic word on Tuesday night. He said that we have stepped into a season of supernatural release from the Father, where he's releasing, come on now, 
answers, manifestations to dreams and promises. It's an absolute season of unparalleled favor and release right now. So begin to thank him, begin to praise him. Come on now, like it's already been done and you're gonna to begin to literally see the power of the Holy Spirit because God wants that dream on the inside of you. Come on, you're God's dreamer. Dream big, dream huge. Come on now. He wants to do, come on, exceedingly abundantly. Come on now, far over and above all and infinitely beyond your wildest dream and imagination. Ephesians 3, 2021 is for the year 2021. I'm telling you, I'm hearing it. It's happening. I'm getting regularly testimonies. I just got another testimony yesterday. Come on now, uh, 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 of supernatural abundance. They called up and they said, Pastor, man, that word that you gave, uh, I just wanted to call and I wanted to tell you that it's happening. It's happening. It's manifest and it's blowing our minds. Listen, God is not a respecter of persons. What God has done for one, he's going to do for you. So as we go off the air, come on here tonight, go with an expectation. Do not cast away the confidence that God is in birthing. Come on, into you tonight. If you don't do that after you have done the will of God, you will enjoy the promise of God and he'll receive all the glory and all the honor. Amen and amen.